Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Yami Bros. <laughs> And we are back another week, another episode of the Me Bros Podcast. I am one third of the trio, better known as the Me Bros, your host here. Uh, Damon with my brothers and my son, Trip. You'll hear him talking in the background because it's what we do. Jeremy 85. Jeremy, what's going on, fellas? How are we feeling tonight? Man, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Just uh, watch my Texans get a dub. Uh, much needed. Second one over the Jags this year. All right, now we're, we start our, our, our march towards nine straight to get to the playoffs, baby. Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, how you feeling, brother? Hey, man, I'm feeling great. You know, my college football team made it to the second week in November undefeated. I can't speak for Jarrett's, but, um, you know, I'm feeling good, man. Not to, talk, not to mention about how right I was all last week, so. Well, you weren't right about Southern California. Yeah, man, well, uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're still undefeated. You talk about your team. You focus on them. Remember, LA <laughs> City of Champions because of LA, because of USC. All right, guys, we got we got a lot of that to get into. Let's uh, first of all shout out to everybody who's tuning in to us another week. Um, but let's uh, let's talk some football. Let's start off with the Saints uh, completely dismantling the Bucks, uh, embarrassing uh, Tom Brady and AB in his NFL. Uh, well, this year's debut de- debut for uh, AB. Um, let's start with you, Jeremy. Um, your team, they played well, man. Um, you, you, you said they were going to play well and they came out and they, and they proved it. Uh, what do you, what do you have to say about this? Um, instead of, instead of me going, why don't you guys just go back and play what I said last week was going to happen and then just play it in the present tense as if it already happened or a past tense either way. Um, basically exactly what I said happened. The only reason or not the only reason, but one of the reasons why they have no chance against us is because they can't block us and we can block them. It's really that simple. They couldn't keep Tom Brady off the ground and Drew Brees had a picnic. And I just want to point out one more thing too. You know, while we're going through all this stuff, everybody's like, oh, well, Brady's in the, like, you know, fifth in the MVP odds or whatever. Brees has had a much better season with Brady with much less talent around. Um, because Michael Thomas and many other receiving options have been out, and he's beaten them head to head twice, and nobody's talking about Drew Brees. People are still saying, "Oh, it's the first time I saw Drew Brees." Drew Brees. Drew Brees got 19 total touchdowns, three interceptions in eight games. He's on pace for 38 touchdowns and six interceptions this season, and nobody's mentioned him in the MVP discussion. I figured I'd throw that out there as well. But overall, what you saw was Marshawn Lattimore doing Marshawn Lattimore things, which is shut down. Um, Mike Evans. I mean, basically every time they play, he turns into Deion Sanders, and uh, Mike Evans can't get a catch. A lot of people took yesterday as um, Bruce Arians, you know, taking a shot at Tom Brady, saying Mike Evans was open a lot, um, but but you know he just didn't get targeted. I didn't take it that way. I took it as he's tired of people saying Mike Evans can't get open against Marshawn Lattimore, which is true, and uh, he was trying to take up for his receiver because even Marshawn Lattimore. Posted, reposted a, a 
a stat that said in the last three games against each other, he's been targeted six times with absolutely no catches. And then Marshawn retweeted and said, better luck next year. So um, they obviously hate each other. Marshawn obviously gets the better of them. And, uh, hey, I'm looking forward to us winning the Super Bowl. Well, Jeremy, I think you're being really, really disingenuous when you talk about Marshawn Lattimore. And I think Marshawn obviously has the the number of Mike Evans, but you just you can't go on both sides of your mouth. You just said Tom Brady had no time in the pocket because they couldn't block our defensive line. So if he has no time to throw the ball, and Tom Brady, we know for his career, whenever he has pressure on him, struggles to throw the ball down the field, and he's been struggling to throw the ball down the field as it is. If you look at Mike Evans' targets, Mike Evans has 5.5 targets per game, which is by far the, the least in his career. They're targeting a lot of the shorter receivers. So uh, You have a point that that wasn't um, six straight games of him getting shut down. It was, it's three straight. The, the one before that, the, the game before the – no, the, the game before he had like no 142 no, yards. No, that that no, that was seven games ago. He has not had a catch in the last four games. It, it, it was, am I tripping? In, in the one before that, the, the Ryan fix, fix Magic game? Nope, nope. That was the one where they played. The one before that was the one they played against Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans, where he had zero catches. So the last four games, they got blown out. Uh, this week, 38 to three. They got blown out 34 to 23. Um, when they scored that garbage time touchdown the other day. Or the, the first game of the season. The game I can't say that. that, but here's the thing. You can say it's a garbage time touchdown, but then y'all try to score a garbage time touchdown yourselves. So that's how Mike, Mike, Mike uh, Thomas, Michael Thomas got hurt the first time because y'all ran that bull job play at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, so, 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 so when both teams were actually trying, we were destroying them. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, y'all tried too, but you didn't, get, you didn't score. Um, but with that being said, here, here's what I will say. The Saints are, are a good team. I think the NFC really doesn't have a great team. Um, do I think you the Saints? Saw them. No, no, the the Saints. In, in perspective, I think the Saints are best equipped to beat the Bucks. I think the Bucks are best equipped to beat the Packers. I think the Packers are best equipped to beat the Saints. I think if you're looking at at teams, and I think Seattle is. You said that like like the first week when we played the Packers, we weren't without Mike uh, Michael Thomas. And Drew Brees clearly wasn't the same player. But you're like the most you're also Devontae Adams. Yeah. So, but saying how uh, we're not equipped—that's like saying the the Chiefs aren't equipped to beat the Raiders. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. I didn't say you guys. See, and this is this is where your fan fandomness takes over. I didn't say the Saints aren't equipped to beat the Packers. I said the Packers are equipped to beat the Saints. The Packers have the ability to beat the Saints, and the Bucks have the ability to to beat the the Packers, and y'all have the ability where y'all have the the advantage versus versus the Bucks. I think the Seattle is who I thought they were. I messed up on that bet. Because I said before the season, I thought they, their defense wasn't going to be good enough for them to be able to be uh, competitive. And, and the defense has been terrible, but Russ has to carry them. And now he's in that tough part of the schedule where I expect them to finish the season at best 10-6. and six. I'm going to probably say somewhere around 9-7. and seven. Um, Just because no. it's – I mean, literally, he's got to he, – he's pressing because he's got to score in nearly every possession. And if you look at it, they had one of the easiest schedules in the league – and they very easily they're six and two. They're very easily could be two and six. Um, okay, who, who's left on their schedule? Uh, they still have to play. They're they're underdogs this week versus the Rams on the road. Um, Are they gonna blow the Rams out? I don't know. Maybe one of my picks, but we'll see. Uh, like I said, I'm not gonna get too much into that. I think there's no great team in the in the, in the NFC and AFC. I don't think it's anyone except Kansas City, which I can say I think is a great team, and they they struggle with the Panthers. So 
I, I think the reality of the situation is this. The Saints did what they should have done, what I did not expect them to do, which is they took care of business because if they would have lost that game, that would have, I can't say guarantee, but it would have closed the guarantee that they weren't going to um, have home field advantage. Uh, now, there, there's virtually no way I don't see them having home field advantage, uh, at least uh, winning the division. I, it may not be home field from first place, but um, if you're looking at the division standings, they're up essentially a game and a half now. And if you look at their their, their schedule moving forward, unless you know, you can say, all right, they may lose the game to the Chiefs, and that, that's a maybe. And then outside of that, I mean, there's like a road game with the Rams. There's nothing really that you look at and say, oh, that's a super daunting game. Although I could say the same thing about the Raiders game. Um, no, the Rams is uh, that's uh, the buck. The Bucks. We still got basically our next games. I want to say we got 49ers uh, this week. Then we got the Falcons. Then we've got uh, who's the NFC or the AFC division we're playing. So I think we've got the uh, Broncos and the Falcons again. Then like maybe the Vikings. Uh, that's like our schedule from like. But don't you don't you guys have the Rams left on? You don't have the Rams on the schedule for the rest of the year. No, no, because okay. they're not our not our conference. That's the Bucks. So the Bucks have um, in the next three weeks, and they better get their game together because they better not lose to the Panthers this week. Because they got in the next three weeks, they've got uh, Panthers this week. Then they got the Rams on the road on Monday Night Football, and then they got uh, then they've got the Chiefs. Yeah. So I mean, the reality is. I don't see a real oh, loss on the schedule for the, for the Saints outside of maybe Kansas City uh, or if they choke the game versus the Falcons, which they're, they're known to throw one of those random gag fest in versus the Falcons. Um, so what, What's it called? Gag fest. What was it? Um, so, anywho, um, shout out to, to the Saints. I definitely didn't see that coming, but uh, I think they have as good a chance as anybody to come out of the NFC because I don't really think their NFC is very strong this year. Do you think the AFC is strong? I think it's significantly stronger than the NFC. Mm, I don't think I would go that far because if you look at the AFC, I mean, hell, the um, the Steelers are eight and zero in the AFC, and they almost lost to the Cowboys. So, um, I mean, but the Bills are, are in the fourth spot, and they just must stop the Seahawks. Yeah, but the Seahawks also must stop the uh, <laughs> the Dolphins. And, so, and they beat and, no, they beat they beat the Dolphins by eight. I, I, all I'm gonna tell you is this: I, I'm not telling you that I don't think the AFC, as I said, I think it's one really team that I would think on a normal year is a great team, and that's Kansas City. But, I mean, and, and the Steelers, I think, are somewhat overrated because they're, you know, they've only blown out schedule. really one team. But I think if you're looking at it from a realistic standpoint, the AFC is is significantly deeper than the NFC, in my opinion. Uh, if you go through the teams, I mean, or the Ravens, the – I mean, the Ravens right now are the five seed uh, in, the, in, the, in the AFC. That's the division, though. I mean, even, even if you take out division, they'd be – Fourth, third. I mean, so let's go through. Like the, Ste- the Steelers have literally beaten like the NFC East, like pretty much. That's like, all their wins. Um, and the Ravens and the Titans. Yeah, so so really a bunch of nobodies. Um, and if you look at, uh, like the Steelers, like struggled with the Giants. They struggled with the Eagles. They struggled with the Cowboys. I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy, they, Jeremy, they didn't struggle with the Eagles. They were up twenty-one. The game ended up getting close on garbage it was, time. It was, it was a tie game at five minutes ago. They struggled with the Eagles. So y'all struggle with the Lions. All right, that's, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, we were up fourteen points five minutes ago, and they scored a garbage time touchdown. Same with them. All right, let, let's let's keep it on the homes. Um, as far as the clear favorite uh, for the MVP this year uh, after Russell, does Mahomes have it pretty much locked up? 
Uh, what's your opinion on this, Jared? It's Mahomes and Rodgers to lose right now. Um, I, I agree with Jeremy that Drew should get more consideration. But I think everybody's off of Drew because of how bad they looked in the playoffs the last three years. Uh, even though two years ago they got – or two or three years ago they got robbed. Uh, I think a lot of people are off of that that train, and he's not going to get that, that recognition. But when you look at the numbers – But that's that's still nonsense. He looks better than Tom Brady has, and Tom Brady's in there. In the last three playoffs, he's looked better than Tom Brady. Jeremy, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah, um, and he scored 13 points, and against the same defense, Drew Brees put up 25. Sure, sure, Jeremy. But, but the reality is he went to Kansas City and beat Patrick Mahomes. So the reality is this. I think if you're looking at, uh, you know, the Aaron Rodgers this year has 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, Patrick Mahomes has 25 touchdowns, one interception. Um, and both of them are uh, well, are, are top two seeds in, in their divisions, respectively. Um, and I think realistically, both of them have the best chances. I think right now you got to give the edge to Mahomes. Um, look, man, Mahomes is, is, is an amazing talent. You watch the games. Um, this week they actually needed him to throw the ball. Most of the time they don't. If you look at it realistically, the average quarterback in the NFL throws the ball 35 times a game. Um, he throws the ball 30 times a game. They don't ask him to do a ton, but when it's required, when it's a game like this week where the defense struggles to stop the Panthers and they need him to throw, um, he's fully capable of putting on a, a show. And, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that, he's kind of a, a victim of to an extent is the, the LeBron James treatment of, you know, once you win that award and, and, and you're, oh, stop. And you're deemed the, the best player at the sport. A lot of times people are, are more leaning towards giving it to somebody who hasn't won it before, which is why I think you had the LeBron James treatment is, Hey, when your team under trees in the regular season and you're cruising into the playoffs, you shouldn't win MVP. That's LeBron James treatment. Well, Hey, you, you can make that argument, but you can make that same argument for why Kobe only has one. But with that being said, I think the, the if you're looking at it, a lot of people have that bias towards not giving it to the guy who just won it or who or they want to give it to the guy like a Russell Wilson who's never won it, never gotten a vote. But at this point, I mean, he's he's been, um, you know, definitely probably the best player in the in the NFL this year. Um, I mean, I thought Russell was, but I think Russell's having to press too much. Um, so I mean, con- congrats! I, I think he's definitely got to be the front runner. Although one thing I will say. Um, because we had this discussion last week where you guys tried to clown me for, for having uh, Deshaun Watson saying, I think, in a vacuum, I will still take him over Patrick Mahomes. Um, there was a study that came out or, or an article that came out on USA Today this week which talked about how well Deshaun Watson is playing compared to the rest of the teams in the league. And I'm going to give you guys a 20 seconds of what they said based on advanced analytics, even breaking it down. So uh, so advanced advanced analytics is what end up with uh, the Rockets-like teams. Let me see. No, advanced analytics. There's a stat called expected points average or uh, from from a play. Uh, Deshaun Watson has a plus point three two uh, for every time he th- he drops back to pass the ball. When we run the ball, we have a negative eight points expected per play. The gap between running the ball and throwing the ball is the largest in the NFL by a large margin. Second is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because of how well Patrick throws the ball. Then there's another one, last thing, that talks. it, it takes into, into consideration the difficulty of the quarterback's position. And the difficulty is when you can't run the ball and when you can't do play action and you can't do screens. They had a stat which is, is mind-blowing. The Texans have thrown five screen passes since the beginning of the 2019 season. Think about that, five. 
and they have he has the lowest rate of play action passes because we can't run the ball. So when they took into consideration the gap between the points expected from Deshaun throwing the ball and the difficulty of him playing, and they grade the great quarterbacks out to say who's number one and Deshaun's number one. The gap between him and Patrick Mahomes, who's number two, is larger than the gap between Patrick Mahomes and Teddy Bridgewater, who's number 12. So um, they had an article about it. They broke it down to who's actually the most valuable this year to their team. Despite records, it would be Deshaun. But obviously our team sucks, so that's not going to happen. Jared, how many of those points and stats and yards are you throwing up after you guys are down 40? Jared, we we, we played – I don't think Deshaun's really scored many points with us being down. I mean, you look at our games. Uh, we we played the Chiefs. We got we were up. We scored the first touchdown. Then they got up. We scored one late touchdown that was a, I'd say a garbage time touchdown. Yeah, um, I got blown out in the game. Jeremy, we scored first, and then they went on a run, and then we scored one late garbage time <laughs> touchdown. As I said, that's one. The next game we played the Ravens. We we were down six the last score time we scored. Uh, we made it a six point game. Then they scored two touchdowns. We didn't get the ball back. Steelers were up the entire game. How did score two touchdowns? T- 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 score two touchdowns without talking the ball back? They hit an onside. Who? You said then they scored two touchdowns without talking the ball back. Well, I said they scored two touchdowns when it was hard to get the ball back. We had we had a fumble where we had the first play where Deshaun threw a pass to Kiki Kuti and he fumbled the ball on after the completion and then they so scored got the ball touchdown. back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Deshaun's supposed to catch the ball himself and run and not fumble it. No, okay. but you, I'm not saying that that is his fault. You said y'all didn't get the ball back. I said we, they they scored two touchdowns and we didn't hardly get the ball back. We didn't. We, we had the ball back for 30 seconds. We threw a completion, and he fumbled it. So we didn't hardly get the ball back. So the, the reality of the situation is it's not like Deshaun has been scoring these points in garbage time situations. Steelers game, we were up the majority of the game. Titans game, we were up the majority of the game. Jags games, both times, we were up the majority of the game. The only game that, that we got down more than two touchdowns in was the, where we scored at that point was the Packers game where we got down 17, and the Chiefs game where we scored a late touchdown. Most of those are done in – Regular time are just defenses that trash. Okay. All right. Um, let's keep it on Russell, guys. Uh, he had a he had a so-so game last week. He had four turnovers uh, on the day against uh, Buffalo. Uh, Jeremy, let's start with you. What what do you think about this performance from Russell? Do you think he's a little burnt out and he's a needs that bye week? What's going on? Um, I think he's he's under constant duress because. His defense is literally the worst, uh, the worst scoring defense to, to this point at any point in of any defense in history. That includes the Texans that Jared's telling you about. Um, overall, we yeah, protect our we, defense. Uh, we don't throw the ball a hundred times a game. To, we, we protect our defense. So y'all protect y'all's defense, but y'all don't run the ball. Just, no, we, we okay. run the ball. We just can't run it. There's a difference. Okay, so so what you're saying is, is that. If you guys threw the ball more, Deshaun's value in that analysis you just gave us wouldn't be as high. Okay. Um, When we throw the ball, we don't throw the ball 40 yards down the field every play. I think the reality is Russell knows that the let let Russ cook momentum has gotten the the Seahawks to take significantly more chances. They score really quickly, but their defense is on the field entirely too much because of it. Okay. Um, Russ overall um, is still the MVP. I would say Mahomes and I wouldn't. I wouldn't even put Aaron Rodgers in there. Who's Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he he beat the Saints. Uh, that's outside of that. Who else has he played the entire season? He got blown out by the Buccaneers. Um, like, what, what's the other signature win? But Jeremy, so, Jeremy, here's the thing, though. Here's here's my problem. I have like I, I think Russ is like when you say Russ should be an MVP. 
Russ had more turnovers last week than Aaron Rodgers and, and Patrick Mahomes have for the season combined. So, and, and I got I, at one point I was like, all right, he's putting up a ton of points. I get it, but he's got too many of these games where he has. I mean, the the you could you could squarely put the Arizona loss on him. You could I can't say you could squarely put this loss on him. But I mean, four turnovers. You're not winning a game with four turnovers. And so I'm not telling you. To, I think Russ personally, you can make the argument he's been the best player in the league this year. Uh, like you can make the argument because of what they're asking him to do. But when you're comparing his numbers to Patrick Mahomes, who has, I mean, I think, didn't he have the same amount of touchdown passes? And No, he doesn't. How many, how many does Witch Call have? Patrick's on pace for 50? He's got 29. So he's got 29. Patrick's on pace for 50, but he, Russ has, what, 10 picks? Uh, no, he's got, he's got uh, six. He's got six picks uh, and maybe 10 turnovers. Uh, he, yeah. he but but keep, keep in mind, Pat, Patrick has played nine games, so Patrick is on pace for like 45 or 46 touchdowns. Yeah, but Russ, Russ, Russ is like on pace. 46 touchdowns and two picks. But Russ is on pace for literally basically the exact same season that Patrick Mahomes put up when he won the MVP two years ago because he had 12 interceptions that year. But Patrick wasn't going versus Patrick. Like, I'm not, I'm not telling you that Russ can't come back and win it. I'm telling you right now, if, if you have a guy who's on pace to throw up say 47 touchdowns and two picks and you have another guy's on pace to throw up 48 touchdowns and four picks like you're not going to win it with 12 picks and 16 turnovers yeah yeah i think if you're i mean if they end the season right now i'd say it's patrick mahomes but i think the thing is patrick mahomes still hasn't played anybody so he's got a much tougher second half of the season where they're going to actually be tested and i'm looking forward to seeing like last week they played against the panthers who have nine sacks in nine games so do I look at that team and go, oh, man, they're really going to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes to do something? No. He had all day in the pocket to throw. I can look at it and say he's only completing 67% of his passes, um, which is, you know, solid, but not blowing you off, you know, Jerry, blowing you away. Here's, here's my question I have with you, though. Everybody that's not the Saints has not played anybody. But the Saints, who play basically the same schedule, have all played people. So, like, when you look at it and say, the Chiefs haven't played anybody. Y'all both played the Chargers. Y'all both played the Raiders. They played the Ravens. Y'all played the Bucks twice. They also played. Uh, you just got to tell me the Ravens weren't good. No, I did not tell you the Ravens weren't good. I said the Ravens were were the four or fifth seed in the AFC, and I said they would be probably the two seed in the, in, in the NFC. That's, those are still good teams. If you tell me right now, neutral field, Bucks, Ravens, I don't know who win, who wins. So uh, you can't say the Saints have played somebody and then say Patrick Mahomes hasn't played anybody. Okay, I'm looking at uh, strength of schedule. Right now, the Saints have played the fourth toughest schedule. The Kansas City Chiefs have played the 14th toughest schedule. That's just because they have the Bucks ranked, ranked really high. And y'all played them twice. So so they played Houston, who's terrible. Uh, the Chargers, Houston's who... Houston's not terrible. Houston's, Houston's got two than... wins, both of them against Jacksonville. Oh, um, but there are five losses of cover versus five teams that have an 800 win percentage. Jared, if you, if you won two games... All year, and you're against the same team. Well, you're not a very good team. Well, Jeremy, the Chargers uh, are, have two two wins as well, and they were yeah, a missed field goal for beating y'all in New Orleans. Yeah, it would have been a terrible loss, but they lost. Um, so the Chargers, the next game, who aren't good. Then they play Baltimore, who's pretty good. Then they play New England without Cam, absolutely awful. Buffalo. Then they lost to the Bakers, to Vegas. Then they beat Buffalo. Six and two. Yeah, Buffalo's decent, even though I'm not 
I mean, they were a field goal away from losing to New England the other day. Um, or no, not lost fumble. Then they played Denver. Then they played the Jets. Then they played the Panthers. Okay, like I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not arguing that he hasn't been impressive, but going forward, they got Vegas, Tampa, Denver, Miami, New Orleans, Atlanta Chargers again. I don't see any real talk games on that schedule outside of maybe New Orleans, and I still give them the fair. I, I'll make them the favorite in that game. You would make them the favorite going to New Orleans and win it, please. I just watched um, the Chargers dominate. Like, all right, here's the thing: the the, the yeah, Saints the, have the Chargers played, dominated the, the, the Saints have the played more than really, like no exaggeration. Saints have played excellent versus the Buccaneers. I, it may just be a matchup. They dominated the Buccaneers, or it may just be out, outside the Buccaneers the game. I, like, and you tell me outside the Buccaneers game, which game have you watched the Saints and been like, man, they're playing excellent football? Outside of the Buccaneers games, which games have Michael Thomas played? Oh, none. Okay, cool. That's that's probably. But here's the thing: it wasn't like that game wasn't because Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas had like three catches for forty yards or something. Like that that game wasn't about Michael Thomas. It was about your defense. So Michael Thomas doesn't open the feet up, the field up. Maybe maybe he does a little bit, Jeremy. But what I'm telling you is this: we, we will see. I will I will I will put my money on Kansas City to win that game at at, at New Orleans. Now you guys may shot me. I didn't expect you guys to beat the Bucks. But the reality of the situation is, I don't. I, Marshawn Lattimore, he may be able to guard Mike, Mike, uh, Mike Evans. If you, you leave him on an island, he ain't guarding Tyreek Hill on an island. I, I uh, guarantee you. Wait, 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 wait. You can't just go, go back and contradict yourself like that because you just got done saying that they got pressure on Tom Brady, and that's why Marshawn held up. So if you look at Patrick Mahomes and say this season he's had more pressure than any other quarterback outside of Daniel Jones. Then what makes you think they're going to be able to hold up against us? Well, because he doesn't have to throw the ball deep all the time. Want to slant to Tyreek Hill, he'll burn everybody for 80 yards. Travis Kelsey's great off the slant. Screen passes to Clyde Arrows-Hilaire, balls out of the backfield. I'm just telling you right now, I've seen the, the, the Saints get pressure, and they're, they have a good defensive line. But this this week, that they had significantly more pressure than they normally do. I don't expect them to get that kind of pressure. That's not true. They did. They're like, I think they had a sack on three straight plays. Yeah, they only had three sacks all game. Well, one of them got called back on like a bull job holding call. Trey Henderson got a sack. They got a, a half sack on the next play. They got another sack on the next play. Like the reality of the situation is, there this week the pressure y'all had. I don't think y'all be able to get on Patrick Mahomes, and I don't think Patrick Mahomes is, is Brady esque where he ain't gonna be able to move if you do get pressure. I, I would say this: I am not. If I had to put money on a team, I'd probably put my money on Tampa beating them because Tampa has. The pass rushers get after them, and they don't have the the, the offensive line like we have. And uh, what's called it doesn't throw the ball quick. Patrick Holmes is not one of those Drew Brees. I'm going to pick you apart, guys, to where we're not going to let the pass rush get their time. Uh, Patrick likes to take take deep shots, and I think with his offensive line, he's going to be under some under a lot of pressure with JPP and um, you know that entire offensive line, defensive line. So, like I said, I I, I respect your opinion on Patrick Mahomes. If I had to pick up one for right now, I'd say him. But I think Russ is going to have a lot more. Impressive games. You think they're going to finish nine to seven? I think they're probably still going to finish around twelve and four, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right, fellas, let's talk about this uh, kind of surprising loss to me. I, I I had money on these guys. Uh, I'm talking in reference to the Clemson Tigers. Um, they took a loss to Notre Dame on Saturday. Um, let's start with Jared. Uh, what, what do you think about what happened in this game to your boys? Do you think this is a cause for concern? Uh, for you guys to be able to make the playoffs, kind of give me give me your thoughts, Jared. Um, it's not a cause for concern as far as us being able to get into the playoffs. We we play Notre Dame in the ACC championship game as long as we win out, which we will. 
um, and we'll have our team back. So I'm not really concerned about that. There are some areas of concern that I had during the game. Um, our interior of our offensive line has been awful. Um, we had three uh, three interior offensive linemen who went to the NFL after last season. We're really young on the interior, and we cannot run the ball up the gut, especially on Notre Dame. Now, the positive is uh, there's not really many teams that have great defensive lines who are going to be able to take advantage of that. Alabama's defense is pretty bad this year. Um, Ohio State has good talent, but they've lost a lot to the NFL the last couple of years. Uh, so I think the reality of the situation is there's not many teams that can exploit it, but we, we can't really run the ball up the gut. We have to either get it on the outside or we've been doing a lot of throwing screen passes and throwing, um, you know, balls to the flat to, to Travis Etienne. So that's a little bit of concern. That game, um, you know, I, I, I put money on it too, even though I told myself and I said on the podcast last week not to bet it when it was at seven. When the line came back down, I bet it. And, the, and Clemson was up seven with, uh, you know, a minute and 30 seconds to go. And I think we had Trevor Lawrence. I think we take we take a chance of throwing a slant pass or throwing a ball down the field to try to get a first down and end the game. Um, I, I was very pleased with how DJ played. Um, you know, even, you know, it came out of the fact that they, they weren't running DJ as much because he, he, he suffered a shoulder injury the previous week. Uh, and so they only ran him, I think, one time during the game, even though he's, he's usually a, a pretty good weapon to run. But, look, man, I, I took a lot of positives out of the game. You, you lose in double overtime on the road to, you know, the number four team in the country. And by the end of the game, we were missing eight starters on defense. Um, and all I got to say is uh, y'all got to deal with Trevor Lawrence the rest of the season, and then you got to deal with DJ for the next two. I mean, that's that's going to be tough, guys. All right, so Jerry's not too worried about his boys. Uh, Jim, what'd you what'd you uh, what'd you get out of this loss from Clemson on Saturday? Um, you know, I'll have to leave the expertise of how many people are out and how much that affects the Clemson Tigers to Jared, because Jared can tell you um, what their blood sugar alcohol level was before the game and how they cramped because of it. I don't know what. Hopefully, they'll have blood alcohol level before the game. That'd be, that'd be. Level. whatever. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I was. I was giving you. You know, they play. They go to Clemson. Whatever. Um, but I will tell you this: the defense looks suspect. Not only did it look suspect this week, it looked suspect last week. And so I am looking at it and saying, there should be a little concern. Um, I'm not sure how much of it is. You know, the guys that are out, but I'm not sure Trevor plays much better than DJ. And if you look at that game. Hell, if they don't fumble running into the end zone, uh, they win in regulation. So, uh, overall, I think uh, it was a very competitive game. I really enjoyed watching the game. Uh, obviously, Clemson's got a lot of talent. Um, but I didn't see the creativity from Brett Venables that I normally see. He, he normally confuses a lot of quarterbacks um, with, with exotic pressures and things like that. Maybe it was a case of, hey, we're going to see him again in the ACC tournament, so I don't really want to uh, – or ACC championship, so I really don't want to, you know, expose a lot of what I'm going to do. But – I didn't see it. So, um, obviously, that's a little cause for concern. I think uh, Clemson will still make the tournament because I think they'll probably beat Notre Dame the next time they play, and they play nobody until then. Um, wait, do you guys play North Carolina? Uh, not unless they get into the ACC championship game, which uh, I really don't see. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah, they don't play anybody. So, um, yeah, they'll probably be in the tournament. I, I don't think they'll win. Uh, I, I would probably say Alabama is going to come out of the tournament. Uh, Alabama's defense is significantly worse than Clemson's defense. I mean, they gave up 48 points to Ole Miss. Mm, well, I mean, well, I guess we'll have to see. How many points did you guys give up to Notre Dame? There's a difference between Notre Dame and Ole Miss. I think, I think we see Georgia's, well, we see Georgia's I, offense, too, and how bad Stetson, Stetson is. 
Stetson uh, Bennett put up 24 points at halftime on Georgia before he missed all his wide open receivers in the second half. Um, Jerry, in, in perspective, um, what do Ole Miss and Georgia's coaches have in common? Uh, both of them used to be on the staff at Alabama. Okay, so there's probably some familiarity in what Nick Saban wants to do. Okay, I mean, everybody has a familiarity with what Nick Saban wants to do. The question is, can you do it? The reality is this: if you look, the the reason why the game, um, the the reason why the game, the defense didn't play well, even the last two weeks, Jamie Skowski, who's our starting uh, middle linebacker, has been out the last three weeks with a core injury. He had surgery on. He should be back in about two or three weeks. He's the person who usually calls the plays for our defense. Uh, we also have Mike Jones at, at uh, outside linebacker. Who? Who? Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Anywho, Mike Jones is our outside linebacker, and uh, he he's been out. He's also one of the the, the better players in our defense. So we were down two linebackers, and we got Brent Venable's son in there running running the defense, trying to call plays. Uh, he was a decently talented recruit, but uh, he's he's not been good. I mean, I think we saw last year versus LSU. What happened once uh, Skowski got ejected, and then all of a sudden, um, LSU could score a will because the the linebacking was suspect. Um, so I think that's that's a major issue. Then we had uh, Xavier Thomas who was out. We had Tyler Davis who, who all American uh, defensive tackle who was out. Um, then during the game, we had Knicks where uh, our, our number one cornerback got knocked out of the game, um, Andrew Booth. Uh, so we, there there were just some injuries. Landon Zanders, our, our, our strong safety, got knocked out of the game as well. So there, there were a lot of injuries, but look, no excuses. Good, good on uh, Notre Dame for getting it done. I, I, I give them their, their credit. I think uh, Brian Kelly's a, a really good coach. He doesn't get his, uh, no credit, and uh, we'll see him in the ACC championship. And it'll probably make me a whole lot of money because I'm sure that that line will be uh, pretty enticing. All right, um, let's switch gears real quick, fellas. Let's talk about some NBA. Uh, they came back and said that the season is actually going to start on December 22nd. Uh, so that's definitely a quick turnaround from when the last games were, the NBA Finals. So um, let's start with you, Jared. What do you think about this uh, this very rare, uh, rather quick start for the, the NBA fellas? Um, I, I think it's one of those situations now where uh, they're, they're, I get it. Like, one, Christmas time, when I think of Christmas – and this probably sounds awful, but when I think of Christmas, I think of NBA basketball and presents. I, I'm, I'm so used, so accustomed to seeing NBA basketball. I'm sure a lot of people, likewise, are, are, are you know making sure they get their fix. But also, they have to get 72 games in for them to get all their revenue from the NBA. And uh, the Olympics are this year now because of the uh, delay from last year. So it was if they didn't get it done in time, then it was going to cut in on the Olympics. And that was going to be uh, bad for business. So the reality is they got the number of games and they needed. Uh, and then the the other part I think was was crucial was there was a uh, if you looked at the amount of revenue they were able to generate from the uh, the restart in Orlando, they were able to give back a lot more of the money. I know the the players had taken I think two thirds pay cut. Um, they got a refund back of about. Uh, I think of their salary, another 15, 20% of their salary because of how well the restart went. So, you know, I'm all for, uh, for people getting their money back. You know I mean? You get a re, I remember being in college and getting a refund check. So, uh, you know, NBA, if you get a refund check, I'm sure is, is, is even bigger and, uh, even better. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. So I'm looking forward to the season. And, uh, one of the, the things, Jeremy, that I think would make you, uh, smile is 
there's talks right now. The Clippers are having conversations about trying to get Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Clippers go clip. <laughs> He'd be a perfect fit. He'd be back home. They oh, no, Russell game. Westbrook is not a perfect win, a perfect fit on any team. Um, ah. He's maybe the worst point guard in the league at starting. Uh, overall, my thought is good for the NBA. Good for you getting this back. Um, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, that's too short of an offseason. We don't – I mean, it's the shortest – I saw LeBron tweet the other day that it's the shortest offseason in sports history. As if he played a full season and didn't have a five-month break four months ago. Like, I mean, it's, it's basically as if they played – I don't know. They started back over at the – imagine if you played, like, the all-star game forward. I mean, that's basically what they did. So I, I don't think they needed a full – Hey, we need four months off. You guys had five months off and then played two and a half, and now you can take another two and a half off and start back up the season. Um, overall, I think it's going to be uh, good to get the NBA back. Looking forward to seeing um, what steps my boy Zion takes um, as far as getting in shape. I haven't seen him. Hopefully, he hasn't been chilling in New Orleans eating gumbo or whatever it is that he's eating down there. So, I actually just um, say he needs to take some steps. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's what I, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Whenever the draft is, I got to see that. I saw Lamelo Ball. Good for him. He signed with uh, Puma, um, and then I saw his dad said, "F you, I'm going to do it without you." Um, I told you guys he was the worst to begin with, but I guess he's continuing to prove that. So hopefully, he goes to win in the draft and uh, make something happen for for Minnesota. But I'm looking forward to seeing these these new guys come up. Uh, this is the last year that you'll be able to say Brandon Ingram's not the best player in the league. So um, get ready for it. This year it'll probably be, I'll say, second team All NBA, and then next the next year will be the best player in the league. Okay, all right, uh, definitely uh, an interesting take there from Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> let's go into some bets, fellas. Jared was down two hundred dollars last week, up four hundred dollars for the season. Jeremy, uh, six hundred dollars up for the week. And up $200 for the season. So both of you guys are doing well, man. Um, so uh, let's talk about it. Let's, let's start with you this time, Jeremy. Uh, what were some of your games that came through for you last week, and what are you banking on for this week? I've been flossing in that candy paint. Rolling dank, sipping drink. Um, last week was a great week for me. First off, let's just kind of go through some of the picks. Um, the New York Giants against the Washington football team. They were up in a huge blowout, and then uh, Kyle Allen got hurt, and then the the person who was this close to not having a leg, Alex Smith, came in and decided he wanted to march a, a huge comeback and um, almost win the game. So he almost ruined my line, but you know what? Uh, it didn't work. So good for me on that, on that end. Uh, another game that I picked. <laughs> of course you guys know I picked this game. Who that nation destroying the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We talked about that a little earlier, um, and you know, hey, that's just what I do. I pick games. Uh, let me go to the game I missed. Um, the game that I figured would be the easiest to pick: thirteen points, uh, thirteen and a half points. Uh, you had the well, actually, I think we had it on fourteen on here. I actually bet in real life at thirteen and a half, um, and the Steelers laid an absolute egg. Um, against the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and I've learned not to bet them because they're just not a very good football team. So um, that's where I am with that. 
the Dolphins um, are uh, were playing against the Cardinals. They were getting, I think, five points last time we had on the podcast. It was way too many points. Dolphins ended up covering and winning the game straight up. And then we had the Raiders versus Chargers in a pick em. And my exact words were, I have to bet the Raiders because the Chargers have proven they can't win games. They will choke it away at the end, and two drop passes in the end zone on the last possession lost in the game. So, um, four and one, ready to get into this week. All right, 85. Uh, decent week for you, man. Uh, we're only down $200, but you're still up 400 for the season. How do you plan to rebound this week? Look, I had a, a rough week. Started off really good. I told you guys I was really confident in uh, what the Packers were going to be able to, to do versus the 49ers. I said I thought it was my lock of the week. I had two games that I said I was really confident in. It was the Raiders versus the Colts, and it was the Packers versus the 49ers. I was correct on both. Um, but with that being said, the other games, like, I got let down. The Texans, I had covering seven points. They were up eight with a minute to go. Decided to play super conservative defense. And uh, – just, I mean, let them drive the ball right down the field. Um, I mean, it was uh, – I, mean, I, I must say it was, uh, I mean, just bad form. I mean, I want to say it was uh, – one of the things that, about the Texans that I think bothers me more than anything is, you know, we have this this reasoning behind our, our, our team where we're like, hey, you know what? Let's just do the dumbest thing we possibly could do. Deshaun, I know you just completed 15 straight passes. You know what? Let's just run the ball three straight times and punt it. Like that, the, the logic behind it is we were up eight. I was like, just one first down ends the game. No three straight runs. We punt it away. They drive all the way down to field, score touchdown. Thank God we stopped them on the two-point conversion. And you know how we stopped them on the two-point conversion? Because their six-round rookie quarterback just missed a wide-open receiver. So uh, they sabotaged me on the bet. Um, I also got sabotaged by uh, letting Russell cook when they decided they wanted to let Josh Allen cook. Um, and uh, there, there's another one in there. But look, this week I feel really good about the the, the schedule. Um, so I'm gonna I'll, I'll let Damon uh, or if you want to, Jeremy, if you want to go ahead and go, or if you want me to go, I can go ahead and hop into mine right now. Go ahead and hop in, um, unless you just want to get some tips about what I'm going to bet. Uh, why would I want to do that? I'm in the lead anyway. Um, I'm going to go with the Texans again. Texans are playing the Browns. Browns are a three-point favorite. Here's why I love this line. One, uh, the Browns have Baker Mayfield on COVID protocol. He may not actually have COVID, but he's missing significant practice time. And I already know Baker Mayfield sucks. Then I throw in the fact that if you look at the Texans' schedule, I fully expect the Texans to go on a large run. As I said before last, last week's game, if you look at – the Texans and you say, all right, you you factor in how difficult their schedule's been. And their their only game that I could say was a you consider an easier game would probably be the Vikings game. And we've seen the Vikings the last couple of weeks when they run the ball like they did versus us, they're a tough team to beat. They beat up on the Lions this week, they beat up on the Packers the previous week. They're not a bad football team. So if you look at our schedule and say, All right, the Packers, the Steelers, the Titans, the Vikings the Chiefs, and the Ravens as the other teams, I don't see the Cleveland Browns as a better team than any of them. So I get, I'm get i only having to give up three points. I'm going to go ahead and book that uh, and, and take the uh, take the Texans to cover the three points. Next game on the, on the uh, regiment, I got the Packers to cover 14 points versus the Jaguars. Two things. One, 
Gardner Minshew is likely out still. And if Gardner Minshew is out, then we have to look at the fact that how is their defense? The Jaguars have given up over 30 points in nearly every game this season. So I'm going to take I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers to have another monster week, have another big game, and I'm banking on them to get the job done and cover the 13 and a half. Next game I feel really good about. The Dolphins are minus two and a half points versus the Chargers. Um, look, I'm taking the Dolphins. One, the game is in Miami. Two, as Jeremy mentioned, the Chargers don't know how to win. They blow more leads than uh, the Falcons. Uh, anyway, and when you look at the with the way the Dolphins are playing, I mean, they got the formula figured out. Brian Flores is an excellent defensive coach. Coming into last week, even though we, we and DeMar, I will throw in this, K-1 balled out. Uh, Kyler Murray played one of the best games I've ever seen him play. And even with that, that defense was good enough to be able to get a stop late. And, uh, you know, I think Tua is going to give you enough to where uh, he's going to be able to keep that game, keep keep arms distance away from the Chargers. So I got them covering the two and a half points there. Book that. Next game. I think this is a, a, a no-brainer. Saints are playing versus the 49ers in New Orleans. Uh, Saints are – not really. I, I don't think they're really fans of uh, the 49ers. I've seen them. They've had enough battles in Drew Brees' career where I think there's a little bit of animosity there. And you throw in the fact that uh, the 49ers are missing their entire roster. It's nine and a half points. I'm going to go ahead and take the nine and a half points. Um, and I'll co- cover the nine and a half points from the Saints and book that. Last game, and this one I think is a no-brainer as well. I'm going to go with the Vikings to cover two and a half points. Versus the Bears. I know the game is in Chicago, and I'm giving points for a team that has a significantly worse record. But guys, how bad is Nick Foles right now? I mean, can we can we just can we have a conversation about can we can we put him on the bench? Can we go back to miss him Trubisky um, because he's been awful. They, I mean, the Titans' defense is awful, and he didn't score a point until garbage time. They were down 21-0 to about five minutes ago in the game when he scored two late touchdowns. Um, I don't expect him to be able to stop Dalvin Cook and. Uh, you know, if you're asking me right now, hey, look, put your money on either, uh, you know, Dalvin and not Dalvin Cook, uh, Kirk Cousins or, or Nick Foles. As bad as I think Kirk Cousins is from time to time, I still trust him more than I trust Nick Foles. So uh, book that one. So just in recap, I got the Texans plus three points versus the uh, the Browns. I got the Packers minus 13 and a half versus the Jaguars. I got the Dolphins minus two and a half versus the Chargers. I got the Saints minus nine and a half versus the 49ers. And I got the Vikings minus two and a half versus the Bears. Book it. Hmm. Alrighty. Jamie, what you Very got? interesting. Very interesting. Well, being at uh I just heard your picks. Let me go and go through mine. Um I also like that Bears versus Vikings game, except I like the Bears because the Vikings are not a very good football team. Um they are completely predicated on Dalvin Cook going off. And what do the Bears have? A very good run defense and a stout offensive line, a stout, stout defensive line. They're going to be playing a game where around game time is supposed to be right around 38 degrees, 15 degree, uh, fifteen mile per hour winds, and you're going to see Kirk Cousins in prime time playing an outside game with no running attack. Yeah, sign me up for that. I'll take the Bears plus two and a half at home. Um, going to the next game, uh, Patriots versus the Ravens. The Ravens are minus seven at Patriots. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens in that game, and mainly because I think the Patriots are awful. Um, I watched the game last night. If it weren't for Joe Flacco throwing the most inopportune interception with somebody running with somebody running wide open 15 yards downfield with nobody within 20 yards of him, 
um, they would have gotten blown out in that game. I mean, they're putting 12 people on the field to try to block a field goal. So um, that game was absolutely awful. I'm going to agree with you that the Saints cover that nine and a half. Um, currently, I, I see it at nine. So, um, you know, if you guys want to go in and get that, uh, I would get it before the line goes up because the Saints are probably going to blow them out. Um, uh, the other game I'm going to bet, or another game I'm going to bet, um, Seattle plus one and a half at Rams. Um, and Russ, I trust, man. Russ is not going to have two bad games in a row. I think he's going to put up a bunch of points while their defense is terrible, and I think they'll get schemed. Um, I think Russ is going to is going to be able to uh, to get cooking as long as he doesn't. Um, you know, he can run around from Aaron Donald a good bit, but I'll be 100% honest. I'm not sure that Jalen Ramsey can can hold DK Metcalf. I saw him uh, pretty much get the best of Stephon Gilmore on a regular basis, even if they do put him there. Um, I love Tyler Lockett on the other side of the field, so um, I think they're going to cause him problems and beat the Rams. And lastly, the last game I'm going to bet. This is pretty straight up, pretty easy. Raiders minus five and a half at home against the Broncos. Look, I'm tired of Drew Locke putting his team in a seven-score hole and then making some miraculous fourth-quarter comeback to make it look like he's really a fourth-quarter superstar and not the person to put him down in the first three quarters. So um, I expect the Raiders to run the ball, run it well, put up a lot of points, and stomp him out. So uh, just in recap, Raiders minus five and a half, Seattle plus one and a half, Saints minus nine and a half, um, Patriots, uh, plus seven or not Patriots, plus seven, uh, Ravens plus uh, minus seven against the Patriots and, uh, Bears, uh, plus two and a half. Book it. Book it. All right, fellas. Well, like uh, you just got done reading all your books and you got a personal paying pizza coming to you. Okay. What? He's talking you about, remember, you don't remember book it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do. But yeah. okay. All right. All right. It's cool. So um yeah, guys, any uh any last thoughts, final words before we get up out of here? Yes, yes, yes. Here's my final thoughts. Guys, be prepared for the Texans to run off nine in a row. I know you think I'm playing. Look at our schedule. Look at Deshaun what he did uh two years ago where we were 0-3 and ran off nine straight. Let's get to the playoffs. Um Share, I'm looking at your schedule right now. Uh, if I go down your entire schedule, you guys might be favored in two more games. Oh, I don't care who, who we're favored against. I'm not even concerned about who we're favored against. I'm telling you who we're going to beat. We're not favored this week versus the Browns. Anybody wants to bet me straight up, I'll bet y'all straight up we're beating the Browns. Okay, Jared. Um, I don't want to take your money on that. And to be honest, I don't trust the Browns, so you might. But overall, uh, you guys just beat the Jaguars by two points. So I'm not going to go too far into that. My final point would be, guys, I mean, can we wrap up the GOAT debate? I mean, there's this guy named Drew Brees who's five and two versus Tom Brady lifetime. Jeremy, you still can't get it. You, I, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Care. It doesn't. He's he, Tom Brady's GOAT. But I, I've, also, I've often said if you put them in similar situations, Drew Brees would win. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it was a great game. Drew Brees and uh, company played well. Had a great um, cigar. You said what? I sat outside and had a great cigar watching the game. I was so drunk. It was like the, <laughs> the most, the most happy look on my face for approximately an hour and forty-seven minutes. Ah, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, man. I'm glad your boys played well, man. I, I'm, I'm just glad I didn't put any money on that game. But uh, yeah, man. I, let's I, get damn, it, damn it! I did put money yeah. on that game. I put it on Jeremy's boys balling out. I said, hey, 
Alvin Kamara only needs to get me 99 yards. He's averaging like a million. Michael Thomas is back. He's been itching to play for six weeks. All I need him to do is get me 69 yards. And these juggles ain't show up at all. They on the sideline. He throwing every ball to Emmanuel Sanders. And the whole time, Michael Thomas, everybody's like, oh, no, where's Michael Thomas? And he's only targeting Alvin Kamara. Like, he going to hit on one of them. Nah. He want to throw the ball to the punt returner, Harris. To I'm like, okay, fantastic. Thanks, guys. Damn, but Jared, Jared literally texted me and said, did you see the did you see the line? I said, no, I didn't see uh, the prop bet. I said, no, I didn't see it. What are they? And he was like, Michael Thomas is is uh is over under sixty nine yards. Alvin Kamara is over under ninety nine uh total yards, and uh, AB is over under what was it like forty nine? Yeah. And and I told Jared, I said I don't like any of those lines. I don't think any of them will hit. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, you got Michael Thomas who had eighteen hundred yards last year, which means he averaged one hundred and twenty a game, or or not one hundred twenty, whatever, close to one hundred twenty a game. And I'm like, all right, he averaged 120. I didn't even get to 69 yards on a primetime game. Okay. Did Fantastic. y'all see that snatch from AB, though? Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, Which AB, one? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think that the Brady and, Brady and company will uh, will hop back on a winning train this week. Um, Be the Panthers. And forward throughout the season. Yeah, so. They better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, as always, shout out to everybody who tuned in to us another week. Shout out to Cam, man. We had a good time. We played, some, we played a little golfing and uh, down. Where were we? We were in, the, in Columbia? Yeah, we're down in Columbia. I, I won that round, right, if you guys remember. Uh, no, you definitely didn't. Yeah, no. Um, no, that, okay. that didn't. Okay. But, yeah, we'll, we'll okay. leave that to, uh, you know, if you guys want to figure out who won, just ask us. So, um, it was me. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> shout out to everybody tuning in, um, and we will get with you guys next week. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, Amibros underscore podcast, and we will tap back in with you guys next week. Yeah.